everybody. You are listening to episode 13 of Is It That Deep Though? With Joy. And Cynthia. Awesome. We are so pooped and tired, but we are, we want to start off upbeat and happy. Um, So let's get into what we did this week. We got a fun show planned. (laughs) I literally put some stuff together right before, but it's fine. What, what would you like to share from your week this week, Cynthia? Yes. So fun and upbeat, trying to think about that way. But I'll, I'll be honest, you know, sometimes it, you know, you have to like intentionally think about being fun and upbeat because you'll be, cause yes. it, you know? Yes. I want to say life isn't always fun and upbeat. So it's not that we have to be fun and upbeat, but it's that I feel like while we're doing this, I want to try to keep that vibe. Yeah. I agree with that because man, it has been a week. Um, is your mic on by the way? It is. Can you not hear me? It doesn't sound like how it usually does. What about now? Now it is. Okay. Oh, I guess it, I just, <laughs> so sorry. No, no. I think that audio should still be picked up. So okay. <laughs> that's awesome. Okay. I was like, it sounds like it doesn't sound like your mind. <laughs> oh, sound like I was in a tunnel. Oh God. It, yeah. It's, hey everybody. This is Joy. And Cynthia. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well now it's just gonna sound obviously like you're speaking from a mic okay okay that's that's fine anyways let's talk about your week yes my week right so my week's been pretty okay um going through some stuff with my program trying to apply to fellowship because i'm gonna be graduating in five months or six months was this yes i'm very excited about that um and one thing that i realized is that you know sometimes like I felt like earlier this year, I was doing really good with taking care of myself and being disciplined. And then daylight savings happened. I just completely fell off on everything. (laughs) So now I'm like really trying to get back into it. Like trying to get back with my running group. I've been kind of sporadic with that. The only thing that I would say about that is that there was just some drama within our group. um, Running group? My running group. I know with the old Uh, lady. Not with Charlene. Not Charlene. Yep, exactly. (laughs) Not Pauletta. <laughs> the girls were fighting. <laughs> I mean, it got it all got cleared up because you know, grown women do grown women shouldn't figure things out. But it just got to a point where two of the people, one who used to be the head of this running group, like eight or nine years ago, and then it stopped, and then someone else started, was kind of beefing. But it was like a unilateral beef with the person who started it recently. So that got what did figured all the out. Ladies, beef about. You don't have to tell us they been this, but like, what do yeah. all ladies be beefing about? You know, stuff like, well, when I was, you know, in charge of the group, this is how we ran things. And oh, like all ego, that type ego of trip, ego stuff. Kind of stuff. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and it's like, looking back, I remember the meeting because we had a meeting. We were like, we need to set a meeting to discuss how we're going to move forward, which is really good. I'm glad we did that. And I'm appreciative to my friend who started that meeting. We have the meeting. One of the ladies who was, you know, part of the beep wasn't even there. So she was on the phone and all of us are like standing around this phone, trying to figure out like, okay, this is what we're going to do. This is the plan. And she goes on all these tangents and all these tangents. And the late, the girl who was calling her in had to walk away and be like, Hey guys, I'm going to just deal with her. Like, and you could hear her as she's walking away and be like, and another thing. Oh, wow. (laughs) It sounds like it got figured out because I was like, I got to go. It's not a class. That's what I expect from ladies of that age though, Mm -hmm. is that. Now you just have so much to say that you just mm-hmm. can't. I'm that way. <laughs> I'm, not, <laughs> I'm not half their age. I'll just end up talking forever, forever, forever. <laughs> 
so there you know but that got settled and things like that and just all in all more of the story trying to just add more discipline in my life because i've fallen off and you know sometimes yeah. you gotta get back on the horse so this is not a good time for discipline though it's winter like it's hard I've, that's why it's hard i've not been exercising that consistently uh, anymore because it's no. just now it's like cozy to be mm-hmm. under the covers i'm kind of like yeah I, I just go back and forth so i can't I can't hold myself to any standard because, again, for me, working out has always been a mental health thing. Yeah. So when I can no longer take it and I'm too stressed, I will go back more consistently. But for now, mm-hmm. I'm I just I'm eating cupcakes like every day. That I, Bro, got I made brownies day. on Sunday. Yo. On so I'm like going to the gym every day for what? I'm not working. I'm not doing my end of the of the job at home so what does going <laughs> to the gym do <laughs> like now i'm doing like the easiest possible thing it's like okay i'll work out okay i'll just use it i'll do a video okay i'll do like a, a 25 minute video a 10 minute video and now i'm doing like half of the 10 minute video like okay this guy did you ever go to the gym as like penance <laughs> you're like, yeah. like you're like apologizing to your body for what you put it through or like what you <laughs> ate or whatever yeah you're like sorry I'm, i swear i'm trying to like i'm trying to make up for what i ate and then when you have to catch up when you're like trying to catch up like mm-hmm. that it, to me it's like you might as well just keep I eating know. just whatever it's painful. Um, you're weak though my week. Um, I'm trying to think of ways that I can like reclaim my own life because reclaiming I, your time, reclaiming my time. Mm-hmm. Yes, because I literally give so much to my job and it's just <sighs> because of I mean, I, I'm in a weird place where sometimes I'm like, I don't want to be out on the street like I don't wanna <laughs> drive. What if I get into a car accident? What if somebody comes in? I, I like the world is kind of a scary place. Also, my home is very comfortable. Mm-hmm. My cats are very nice to me. Mm-hmm. I'm not really in a place to receive meeting new people. I don't want to go out on dates. So this is just my time. It's winter. This is what people do in winter. They stay mm-hmm. home. So that's mostly what I'm doing. But I'm at the same time, because I work remotely from home, I'm trying not to let work overtake my life. I don't mm-hmm. want work to be my life. And so just trying to think of ways to where I can get a life outside of work without going out, <laughs> which is like, get a book. I don't know, like read. <laughs> I mean, I don't. Did you ever want to do comedy or anything? What? like that? Like, Where's this coming from? I, I was just thinking like, what are some, no, I'm talking about like, what are like, what are some things that you could do to like, do you have things to occupy your time? And I'm thinking like, what would I do? Are you suggesting I, would... I go to like an open mic or something and, and give it a shot? I mean, you maybe about? you're funny. Oh my gosh, you're crazy. You did great. <laughs> you're crazy. <laughs> I actually am open to going to comedy shows to sit and listen, hmm. but Austin comics are just so cringy. Like 90% of the time, they're just yeah, not. Yeah. It's cringy because, you know, when you live in a like majority white town. Yeah. With a lot of like straight white men, you know what that what that's yeah. gonna translate into in the comedy world. It's a bunch of people who are like, I think I'm funny. Let me tell my horrible jokes. Uh. <laughs> and it's not funny. So I'm I'm very picky about comedy. Then again, that means that I would have to go out. So I don't I don't know about that. <laughs> I, I really oh my gosh, I went to Whole Foods the other day and literally heard screeching from behind me and i saw this black truck swerving and spinning around and it like crashed into a fence like you know several feet behind me but i was literally like 
freaked out. Oh, yeah. I was like, bro, if that had hit me in my car and I literally just got this car two months ago, like shit like that be making me making me want to stay home. Oh, my God. God forbid. I'm feeling I just I don't want to be out because I I just feel too vulnerable. I don't know. This started. See, we said a positive and upbeat. And now we're talking about how I don't want to leave my house. <laughs> well, uh, you know, a work in progress. God's working on all of us. So yeah, so he he's work. He he ain't through with me yet. <laughs> <laughs> Just bloodied into a pulp like he ain't through. Yes. Okay. So I got some fun topics for us to talk about. I don't think we're overdoing Astro World discussions mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. because to me this this shit is not. Oh, that's yesterday's news. It's ten people died. I just yeah. feel like it's still relevant to me. Mm-hmm. And so we should uh, have an Astro World segment at this point. Yeah, literally Astro World updates. What have you heard? Um, <laughs> the updates that I have are just that Travis Scott, as we've all heard, has filed to dismiss eleven of the over. I feel like I've heard there are like 300 lawsuits, yeah. 11 of them. One of them, which was the family of Bartisha Hani, the girl who was 22 from Texas A&M. Yeah. Who was supposed to graduate. And this was her first concert. So filing to like dismiss that lawsuit, which, you know, people are saying like, what's he supposed to do? That's literally step one. You try to dismiss them all mm-hmm. so that you can maybe clean away some from your plate. And then whatever is remaining, you try to settle or something. I know they're not going to want to go to court for this. Yeah. But um, I heard that he did you hear about him in Charlemagne? Not oh yeah, when he interviewed yeah, it was two fools. Like <laughs> I'm, it was only it was a match made in hell. I'm glad that they interviewed <laughs> each other or whatever. It's like who else would so they you do? did you watch it? No, it? no, because I'm mad. I couldn't stomach it. Yeah, I, yeah. I eventually saw some like 30 second clips, which mm-hmm. just read. You know, everybody basically summarized it. It was a lot of nothing, a lot of, you know, you know, you know, hemming and hawing and not wanting to accept. Bro, when he apparently said, I'm a man of God, first of all. I was about to say, since when? I said, Mr. Wearing a demon shirt. I know. Mr. See you on the other side. (laughs) A man of God. Where? Where? God be like, who said that? I know. (laughs) I mean, why would, and I think the question was like, what do you have to say to people who are saying this was like a sacrifice and that there was so much demonic imagery and whatever. And he was like, I'm a man of God. First of all, I I just feel like shut up, shut up. Why would you say that? Don't say, don't say stuff. That's just blatantly not true. Like (laughs) you you don't just get to say I'm a man of God. Like, no, that's, that's, you don't get to say that. That's not believable. That's not true. I'm surprised he wasn't start like he didn't start smoking or something. <laughs> lightning. He didn't like lightning to destroy. <laughs> and then, and then apparently, uh, the, the latest news is that he apparently begged Coachella to perform. He That's offered bad. to perform at Coachella for free, and they said, "Wow, no. they said good." Because no. he's in a liability, bro. I'm Absolutely. like, I'm trying to figure out like. What is he trying to do? Like, these are not things that his team is trying to advise. Can't be because Astroworld, that happened like November 5th. Mm -hmm. That happened like just a little over a month ago. Yeah. So 10 people died. And a month later, you're already doing interviews where you're just saying, yeah, I don't know. I want to I want to try. I'm responsible for finding out what happened. I just want to figure out what happened because this has happened before. It's just going to keep happening. I mean, it was there. I was like, it's not going to keep happening. No, it's not. What didn't happen before? 
It actually happened like in 2000 or 2001 at a Pearl Jam concert. That's the last time it happened. Oh, that number of people died? In Denmark, I think more Uh. people died. I don't really know the number, but I know. So 21, 20 years ago was the Uh. last time people died at a concert and it was in Denmark and it was a Pearl Jam concert. And so I'm like, no, this doesn't happen (laughs) because it hasn't happened in a long time. Um, This wouldn't have happened. I just feel like we got to be real about the fact that this wouldn't have happened at a Beyonce concert. You're not the only one who performs at festivals. This wouldn't happen at anybody else's shows. It's, again, the atmosphere that you cultivate, the Mm -hmm. fact that you told people to sneak in, the fact that you have been violent at other shows of yours. I I mean, I won't even... I still feel like he could see into the audience because he saw the ambulance. Yeah. And didn't try to help it get out. So I'm like, you did see something. Like, it's, I would get it if if he hadn't ever commented on the ambulance or the guy in the tree, mm-hmm. I would maybe be willing to believe that he just really could not see anything in the crowd, that there were too many flashing lights. Because I'm already willing to believe that maybe his team really didn't tell him anything. He said in that interview mm-hmm. that... They only told him in his inner, he had an inner ear thing. So they did have access to tell him whatever Mm -hmm. he said. All they told him is after the guest performance, you know, end the show. So that would have been like after Drake, but I'm like, didn't he end on goosebumps? So he kept going past that. He kept going. I don't know. I'm just like, let's just let the lawyers dredge it all up. Cause if this is BS, then they'll figure it out. But the fact I just don't understand, like, so you're, you're doing this stupid interview with Charlemagne who has Mm -hmm. a piece of paper with all the approved questions. Right. And then you're begging to perform at Coachella and it's only been a month. Like, what are you trying to do? Right. I think we all can like, agree. Sorry, go ahead. No, it's just going to be like, because you weren't going to get interviewed by Gail. You know, you weren't going to oh, get no, interviewed she would by have. someone. No, they would have oh, done it. Obliterated him. Exactly. That's yeah. why. <laughs> yeah. They they would have done it. I see what you're saying. You're saying you didn't want that. You didn't want that smoke. Like, yeah. Gail and them are not going to have pre-approved <laughs> questions. No. They're not going to baby you and say, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. They're going right. to say, no, 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 no. That don't make no sense. Mm-hmm. Right. Because explain this. Exactly. They would have had all the prior footage Mm -hmm. queued up. They would have said, um, but remember in like 2017 when you (laughs) told the crowd to like fuck up that kid? What about Mm -hmm. doesn't that show that you have a history? Oh no. Oh, but what about that tweet that you sent? So what did that Mm -hmm. tweet mean? Oh no, it didn't mean oh okay. What did you mean by that? (laughs) She would have she would have nailed his ass to the wall. Mm -hmm. And that's why he went to Charlemagne, because Charlemagne is a kiss ass. Yeah. Everybody knows that if Charlemagne doesn't like you and respect you. He will like he, it's not that he like fries you with questions. It's he's just usually disrespectful. That, he's disrespectful because yeah. his format, the Breakfast Club's format is jokes. Yeah. They're not actually having serious discussions. No. So he's not a hard hitting journalist who asks the real questions. He asks the questions that'll embarrass your ass if yeah. he doesn't like you. Exactly. But if he likes you, then he cuts you a lot of slack. He's like, mm-hmm. yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I can totally see that for him. It was like, oh, shit, I get to be the first person to talk to him about this. Yeah, I'll right. do whatever y'all want. Yeah, sure, sure. So that, I just don't understand. Everybody knows that off top with this kind of tragedy, you need to go ghost Yeah, for like the next year. And anything you do shouldn't happen for six months. And those deals, again, should be quieter deals. Clothing deals, maybe like little features at at month eight or something like mm-hmm. you don't get on why would you Coachella the one of the biggest like that Isn't is that, a big music festival right is not that like PTSD for you like the last time you performed for a large crowd 
you were told, hey, people died. Here. I know. Why would you want to perform like Coachella's in April? Like less be, than six months later. I would be terrified. Like, I know. bro, what if I get up there again and somebody dies or somebody right. something? Like, what if I get in more trouble? Mm. Or just what if I'm just not good at being aware of what's mm-hmm. like, no, no, no. Like it's it he, says a lot to me that he's not absolutely like, he's not actually shattered and broken. I'm heartbroken and devastated. No, you're not, because you're already trying to get booked again. So yeah, weird. That is Very really weird. Because even with Ariana Grande, after that thing that happened in the UK, I think she didn't tour or like she didn't perform for a really long time. Yeah, right? I don't. I don't know how that went. I just know that when that happened, she like visited people in the hospital, and she actually did perform again because she did like a, a concert oh, to raise the, the money. Charity concert, yeah. Yes, to raise money for the victims. In this case, it's trickier because again. Nobody was suing Ariana Grande saying this terrorist attack was mm-hmm. your fault. This is something right. where people are like you and other people are responsible. So mm-hmm. it's not as easy. I just feel I just feel that, you know, if if that was me, mm-hmm. I would be very, very devastated. And I would I don't know what I would do because you got your lawyer saying you can't say you're sorry. Yeah, you can't settle with everybody. So it, I just literally would just be quiet. Just shut would, yeah. up. Just wait and just deal with the guilt and bro. I don't even know. We I don't even know. Become Let's talk about something else. Guy. Yeah, <laughs> it's just too heavy. Today was apparently the preliminary hearing for the Tory Lanes trial. Mm-hmm. Yes, bro. I hate all of these shade room and Jasmine yeah. brand and neighborhood talks because people are so fucking stupid. People are just so stupid. At this point, I don't know if people are really like trolling, or I mean, it's bro. probably like. You know, I think it's 60, 40, 60 that these people do believe that and 40 is trolling. Well, people don't read. I think they don't. It's so and they don't read off top. because the fact that so when Megan, when this happened, Megan tried to keep it quiet. Mm-hmm. Tori was acting like nothing happened. He was talking too much. She finally admits, yes, it was him. He did it. People Mm -hmm. say you're a liar. Why didn't you get the police involved? She gets the police involved. They're still calling her a liar. And now that the trial is set and, you know, that we have heard from witnesses about what happened today, people are still saying, nah, this don't make no sense. I'm like, so people are also saying like, oh, we don't care about this anymore. Girl, that was last year. Bitch. Do do you know how trials work? Exactly. Y'all said that she needed to tell the police if it was true. Now right. she did. There's a trial. And y'all are saying that you're no longer interested. It's not about, it's just, I'm just like, I'm over, like, I'm let so someone it. owe you $400. I'm sure you won't forget that. It doesn't matter how many years it'll be. It's, it's crazy. crazy to me that people, I mean, to me, people are saying her story has changed. This don't add up. And from what I understand, no, what we're hearing is basically what we kind of put together from you know, what we heard at, about the police report from what she said on live. Now, is she being 100 percent transparent? No, but of course she's not. She was sleeping with this guy who's five foot two. She's not proud of it. So from what they said in the preliminary trial that I feel like holds with what we've heard before, mm-hmm. they went to a party in the Hollywood Hills at Kylie Jenner's mansion. Mm. I don't the rumor is that Tori was flirting with Kylie and that is what in Megan and, and her friend Kelsey were like not liking it. 
they both notice, hmm, why are you so bothered by this? Mm. They all leave with Tori in a car with a driver. They start arguing. So now what's come out in the trial is that just confirmation that they were arguing in that car. Mm-hmm. And that's where it was brought to light. Oh, Megan has been sleeping with Tori, mm. which her friend did not know. Mm-hmm. So her friend was mad at her like, wow, you knew I liked him. Either her friend was already sleeping with Tori too, or Megan just knew her friend liked him. One of the two. Like- that's gross. This he, is 20, 20 year old shit. It's yeah. yeah. And so they're arguing. Megan exits the car. Tori shoots at her feet, like around her feet. They're saying he said like dance bitch. I know. I'm, I saw that girl. <laughs> I, so people are laughing because now they think it's funny because he said uh, something so corny while he was stupid. still shooting at a woman. Well, he was committing and, crimes. Yes. And again, that. That corroborates with what we've heard that, you know, when she went to the hospital and they found shrapnel on her feet, then, yeah, people have been thinking that she said he shot her directly in her feet. So they're they're saying, where are the bullet holes? Where where I thought you got shot? How are you able to walk three weeks later? She was not shot directly in the feet. She never said she was shot directly in the feet. Exactly. He knew that shrapnel was caught in her foot. They pulled it out. They stitched her up. Mm-hmm. Kind of sounds like to me in a few weeks, you would be able to walk again. And right. that over a year later, you would be walking and dancing just fine. But people right. don't read. No, they, they just go, oh, he shot you, but you can walk. Right. You're, you're not amputated yet. It's like, OK, <laughs> where's the hole in her feet? You're not reading. <laughs> you didn't read to see what actually, you know, the hospital had said. You know, it. We. this is stuff we all knew. Mm-hmm. So it kind of seems pretty accurate with what we've been told but people are wiling in the comments saying that she's still a liar apparently Tory Lanez is trying to say that he was trying to protect Kelsey maybe it doesn't even make no it sense. Make sense it doesn't make yeah. any sense and it doesn't have to make sense because at the end of the day when you're <laughs> drunk and you're high on like manufactured drugs a lot of the shit you do doesn't make sense mm-hmm. I think we can all agree that he was drunk right um that's very much been like confirmed you know um he probably was high <laughs> and so he thought he was being funny he was being a dick but he didn't know that he was actually going to end up hurting her. He right. didn't know that she would go online and tell people, yes, somebody tried to hurt me and that it would blow mm-hmm. up the way it did. Right. Unfortunate. But if you get deported over it, like, I feel like that's what you get. Right. I don't feel bad for it at all. I never feel every, bad for him. Every time I see people big up, because he apparently has like new music coming out, like LeBron James, like posted his music. Sad. I was like LeBron, like he shot. Oh, he I shot know. Someone. Well, you can't funny. expect you, you know, can't, you and can't like, expect solidarity like that I guess. at all and you hear about the industry being fake and stuff like that because these might be the same people who will post like congrats to Megan the Stallion on graduating congrats on being mm-hmm. getting the key to city congrats on all that type of stuff and then like post stuff like that too so but see these are the same I mean to me it's like the Chris Brown Rihanna thing like mm-hmm. we can have evidence right that a man beat the shit out of a woman and people will go Especially if they were like romantically linked. Well, that's none of our business. We don't Mm -hmm. know what she said. We don't know. Maybe she swung at him. You know, let's just, I'm going to stay out of it. I support both of them and love both of them. Which I guess if that's your prerogative, it sucks. I don't like it, but. I don't like it. It still doesn't mess up with their money. and doesn't mess up with any opportunities that those people might afford them. It's just one of those things that's tricky because. Yeah. To me, it's very black and white. Like if your mm-hmm. man put your hands on a woman or like physically harm her, especially if y'all are together, that's a huge red flag and a no, no yeah. for me. But there are people who in their heads, it's like, we don't know. 
what's going on with them? You know, with Chris Brown and Rihanna, they got back together after that. I don't even, I want to talk about something else now. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just, fair. That's fair. when we talk about shit like this, I'm like, I don't want to talk about this anymore. <laughs> it's like, I'm done. We're, it's done. just so dumb. You're I don't done. want, how can I be mad about stuff that people are not mad about? I feel like Megan is cool on the whole situation. She's very much in love, just got her degree. Mm-hmm. She probably doesn't really care how this shit turns out. And I just feel like getting wrapped up into these people's business <laughs> just makes me irritated and annoyed but Mm -hmm. he might not be deported he might not serve any time and then people will still be like "Woo, y'all hear that new tory lane's joint that's so good Uh... and what what am i gonna do be like i you all are bad i don't support you or you or you or you because you like tory like Mm. it doesn't it doesn't work that way unfortunately so our topic of today i was thinking today or over the week about a lot of TV mm-hmm. um, successions season three finale came on on Sunday good. and it blew my mind. It's that good. Yeah. So, so I want, I want to talk about succession and then I want you to talk about insecure. I don't okay. know if you're completely caught up. I am. Yeah. <laughs> Great. So <laughs> this delves perfectly into our topic. So awesome. I want to talk about succession. So succession is a show that is on HBO that I watch on HBO max. <laughs> And I think that, what is the difference? I don't know the difference between HBO and HBO Max. It is basically King Lear is what they tell me. I don't know anything about Shakespeare outside of Romeo and Juliet. But it's people on, (laughs) Black people who watch it call it uh, White Empire. (laughs) I'm screaming. (laughs) Not (laughs) Empire. Because it's the story of a rich business tycoon, basically, a rich businessman who owns a billion dollar business. He's got three kids who are basically vying to be to have the business passed down to them because, you know, their dad is in his 80s. He's supposed to be naming, you know, the next CEO. But throughout the past three seasons, we've just seen him, like, refuse to let go of that control uh, while, like, pitting the siblings against each other. So they can't can't ever all be on the same side because they're all kind of scheming against each other to take over or to just win enough favor with their dad so that he'll name them. And a lot of shit happens. It's a show that's, like, Mad Men, but not so fucking slow. Like, mm-hmm. I think it only takes a couple of episodes before you're really into their world. What I love about the show is it really focuses on business. I realized after a while, like, nothing we see about from the family has to do with them having friends, them taking vacations. All their familial drama is related to the business. That's all they literally care about. It's very good. They have a a brother who, you know, Kendall Roy, who is supposed to be like the heir apparent. He's the smartest. He's the most ingrained in the company, but he's a drug addict and an Mm. alcoholic. So he can't be, you know, the, is he going to be the obvious choice? I don't think so. Um, There's Shiv, who is the middle child. She's the daughter but she has no corporate experience. She's from politics. So Hmm. is she going to be the heir? Hmm. I don't know. doesn't seem likely. And then there's Roman, who's the youngest, played by Kieran Culkin, related to all the kids look alike, bro. They do. It's the eyes. All the Culkins got their daddy's eyes. Yes. (laughs) And so he is like the wise, cracking, smart, talking, youngest one who really has not been mature enough to lead. So like, is he going to be the pick? Who knows? It's been very hard. For some reason, I thought that season three was the last season. So that season finale, I thought was the series finale. So I freaked Mm -hmm. out because it ended just spoiler right here with 
they tried to overthrow their dad. They finally have all gotten on the same page of, yes, let's take over. They, they basically figure out, oh shit, our dad is about to sell this company underneath us. Mm. We've spent this whole time fighting to be his favorite so that he will like give it to us. Mm-hmm. Yet he's literally planning behind our backs to sell away our legacy and our birthright mm-hmm. to some other, some tech billionaire or whatever. So they boss up and come in together talking about, you can't sell this shit. You know, when you divorced our mom, she put a clause in the divorce agreement where you have to have like uh, a majority vote from the board to make these big changes. The three Mm -hmm. of us are going to veto you. So you can't do this shit. Mm -hmm. He goes, y'all have already lost. Are y'all serious? He puts their mom on the phone and she's like, yes, hello. And he's like, go ahead and tell him what we just talked about. And they're like, what's going on? And she's like, yeah, so we changed the divorce agreement so that, um, you know, I I gave up the right, <laughs> that whole clause where y'all get to veto anything because wow. he needs a majority. I took that out. We reworked the divorce agreement because, you know, basically she had just, their mom had just gotten remarried and the guy that she remarried wanted some property or something that Logan, their dad actually owned. So he called her and had her take out that clause at the last second before they got to him so that they now have no leverage and no right to stop this deal from happening. Wow. And whenever, you know, Shiv, the middle child, is like, how did he know we weren't coming? Mm-hmm. How did he know to, to get this done so quickly, like just now? And then we realized that Tom, her husband, did it. And what's so crazy about that is Tom and Shiv's relationship this whole time has been like this little puppy lap dog trying to impress its owner. Mm. She's very much kind of never really been in love with him. You know, he married into her family. It very much seems like just because she's the daughter of a billionaire, you know, mm-hmm. they probably met in college and then you marry her. He got this top paying job at her dad's company, all of that. Mm-hmm. But throughout the past three seasons, what we've seen is that like, they are not very much in love. He's realizing that she does not really want to be with him. She doesn't want to have his kids or kids mm. at all with him. She doesn't, she, at, when they first got married, she proposed that they have an open marriage because she was freaked out about just tying herself down to him. So I think mm-hmm. in this past season, definitely he's kind of realized what is life going to look like without her? Because mm. she is not really in love with me. She doesn't want to have my kids. Like they had settled on, oh yes, let's freeze my eggs. And maybe in 10 years we can revisit the, Like. Oh, and these people yeah. are in their late 30s. So it's yeah. very much clear, like, yeah, she don't want to have your kids, bro. It was so hard hitting to see the subtle way that they showed us that he betrayed her and to see her realize that he had betrayed her because it hits you out of nowhere. Like, Tom? Tom is like the sweetest character. Why would he do that? But the way that they set it up is that everybody in this family has been constantly scheming. Everybody is just trying to get their way to the top, trying to figure out where they fit in. Tom... In seeing that she and I are not going to be together forever, if we were to be divorced, I would be kicked out. Like, I can't be thinking about her feelings anymore. I got to think about me. Mm -hmm. So the best thing I can do is ingratiate myself with her dad. So it makes sense when you think of it that way that he would go behind her back and tell her dad what they were planning. Because at least in this way, while he's working out this deal where he's selling the company, he can give Tom possibly a high paying position Mm -hmm. that he's secured with. Mm -hmm. So that he doesn't, if he and Shiv don't work out, it's like, 
okay, cool. I still have a really good job in this company. It's just crazy, girl. Wow. I got enthralled as you were saying all of that. Like, I don't know what these people look like, except Kieran. I was just like, wow. I'm telling you, (laughs) if you ever, when you're done with school, when you finally graduate (laughs) or whatever, if you ever have like a holiday break or anything, devote the week to just watching this show because it is so good. It's so good. It's 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 kind of refreshing to see a drama like this where the writing is just so good that nobody needs to die. Mm-hmm. Um, nobody gets murdered. It's literally just about the dynamics of this family in regards to business. And the music is great. It very much highlights what's going on. The acting performances are amazing. Whew. So this show is just, I'm just mad I don't have anybody to talk about it with. I literally oh. have to I have to go through that succession hashtag on Twitter so that <laughs> so I can like, see anybody else's take because nobody I don't know I have no one nobody to talk to about it so um so in comparison you've been watching Insecure yeah I used to watch and I right. I'm I've gotten this I skipped season three I believe oh snap well this is season five we're on right yeah I skipped season three watched season four which is where we see Molly and Issa's relationship fall apart yeah season five just premiered I saw the first episode which was about they're up that episode was them going back to college yeah when they went back to um Sanford yes to do their reunion or whatever so if you could can you kind of summarize the vibe of the show and what you're feeling from season five I don't I think it's halfway through or I'm not sure how far yeah it's almost done I think there's like two episodes left oh wow crazy (laughs) I know I'm like how are they about to do all of this in two episodes? But yeah, with Insecure. So Insecure is like a different vibe than Succession, it sounds like. where Oh, it, completely. Yeah, yeah. It's like a pretty much predominantly Black cast um, where the main character in the beginning of the series is this girl named Issa. She has a best friend named Molly, who's a lawyer. Issa works at an after-school program and is just kind of like not where she wants to be, feels insecure, hence name, about a lot of things in her life. You know, she has like a bunch of friends and she has a boyfriend who in the beginning, they had been together for five years and he was just like, you know, he wasn't where he wanted to be either. And he most likely was like depressed and in between jobs and things like that. So like the series starts off with there and the main like, I guess, part of the series is that she cheats on this boyfriend of five years. So it's like, or at that at that uh, season. So the season kind of talks about like, okay, the kind of like the dissolution of their relationship because he finds out that she cheats, but the reason for cheating is debatable if you ask Twitter, but I think the reason was because she just wasn't being fulfilled in her, you know, rela- in her relationship. Um, and they break up. And then in the next couple seasons, they've been broken up. Um, both date different people going through different changes in their careers. Meanwhile, her friend, her best friend, Molly is going through a lot of different issues with dating and then also changes in her career. And the series kind of just like revolves around like their different experiences, dating and career and trying to find themselves. And now we find ourselves in, um, I mean, if you're watching or if you're listening to this podcast, you probably know something about insecure. So I don't think there's any (laughs) spoilers, but now we're in like season five, last season of the series, um, Issa and, Lawrence, who's her boyfriend or her ex-boyfriend, have broken up for good because Lawrence um, has a baby on the way. Issa's dating another person who she met in like season three or so. Um, and there's the, this, the season is kind of like talking about that relationship. Molly has had a lot of encounters with men that have been unsuccessful. She had a boyfriend one season, Asian Bay, and that just <laughs> completely <laughs> fell apart a lot because of Molly and her insecurities about dating and her expectations and things like that. Um, in season or in season four, Molly and Issa 
um, grew apart completely and actually had a huge fight. And they're like, friend, the whole season was about their friendship and how their friendship kind of fell apart. Uh, but by season five, Molly and Issa are doing good. Issa's with her new boo. Um, there's some tension there, which I don't know how that's going to get settled in like two episodes because there's only two episodes left. <laughs> um, her ex has a baby and people in her friend group are like moving on and doing different things. So I think the whole series is just about how people grow and change. Issa had a job that she didn't like. She quit that job and she started riding for or driving for Lyft and then working as a property manager. And now she, she has her own business doing like events in like Inglewood and near like in LA where the show's based on. And it kind of talks about like, it's kind of like a coming of a coming of age story, but not with like teenagers with like young adults and those different processes for black women um, and for black people in general and things like that. I really like it so far. I will not say that it's perfect because it definitely isn't. There's some things like, honestly, I'm gonna say it. I don't like the rapping scenes with Issa's character. I Controversial. Know. I know. Wow. I can't believe you said that out loud. Yes. You're so brave. I really am. <laughs> Yo. Everybody loves when she ra- That's Issa's whole thing. That's her whole thing. And the thing Throughout is, I- all of her work, she's always rapping. Yes. Like, cause she had awkward black girl and I actually liked an awkward black girl. Oh no. I mean, like. I like when she's talking to herself in the mirror because there's like her different persona who talks to her in the mirror and stuff like that. I don't, I'm not a fan of it. It's not bad. I just don't like it. Like you think it's corny? A little bit. Yeah. (laughs) I feel like, I feel like myself, if I see my, I'm not going to say I see myself in Issa partially, um, but you know, but I see, I feel like myself rapping in a TV show would be so cringe. And I don't know why I just relate to that aspect of it. I like, when I hear her rap, it's like, that would be like if I started rapping in the show and I wouldn't like it. That's the vulnerability that we like. Like Issa stood out, especially with awkward black girl, because she has been like, I do this shit in real life. I'm going to represent that on screens for people who are awkward and do weird cringy shit like this that like the lauren london's wouldn't do (laughs) right no that's good i'm glad she does it i don't need to like it yeah yeah, i know i probably don't like it because i'm insecure so and I, i think we all um when we get away from the fact that we feel like we need to agree with all the choices like main characters make or that they have to be like us we we open ourselves to appreciating more things. Yeah, because <laughs> I used true. to be like that. Like I wouldn't do that. I've gone back and forth with it with insecure because mm-hmm. to me, I mean, it it's a very slice of life show, and white people get to do that shit all the time. Yeah. I never like it when they do it either, though. Typically, it because it can just be too slow. I mean, when I think of insecure. I'm, I struggle to think of a real plot other than what you perfectly summarized. It's a coming of age for people in their late 20s, early 30s, mm-hmm. where we see the journey of a group of people, Molly, Issa, Lawrence, how they started off. Maybe it's been like three or four years mm-hmm. since the events in season one. We see how they've blossomed and how they've learned more about themselves and maybe become a little bit more secure in their choices and what they're doing in life. And that's all it's supposed to be. It's not supposed to be, mm-hmm. you know, like not a lot needs to happen. I think it just got confusing because in season one, we have this big plot with right. cheating. So we're like, oh, shit, she cheated. She did cheat. It was leading up to this. She did it. 
this is changing a lot of what's happening. Mm -hmm. Interesting. But as the other seasons happen, we don't get any more big plots. We don't get any right. big actions. We just get people living. Mm -hmm. And in season four, I got excited again because we see, you know, that this excellent storytelling of a friendship that is crumbling mm -hmm. due to lack of communication and mm -hmm. people just going in different directions in life. So that was excellent to watch. Yeah. And then I was thinking in this season that they would explore what it's like to regain a friendship because that's mm -hmm. what Issa and Molly are going through. But you told me they just jump like six they months just the or something. Yep. And so we don't good. Yeah, we don't get to see what it's like or at what point they were like. I mean, we kind of do. We saw that in the first episode where they finally crack up in the back of oh, the car yeah. after they get robbed. Mm -hmm. And that was obviously supposed to be like the broke. We broke the ice. Like yeah. we can finally crack up like we used to. So it laid the groundwork. But I just felt like when you have to skip ahead in time to be like, look, everything's fixed. Lawrence's mm -hmm. baby is like already like a few months old. Issa and Molly are great. I'm like, you just it's kind of lazy to me. Mm -hmm. But um. Anyways, I wanted for us to talk about these two very different shows because I was honestly exploring the ideas of like white media versus black media. Like when it comes to like white TV, yeah, white movies versus black movies, black TV. I wanted to get into that. I was a film major at UT and mm -hmm. UT is what made me fall out of love with movies. It's what made me realize, Damn, wow, really? I watch a lot of white shit. Like, yeah, yeah, that's fair. A lot of Tarantino, a lot of this director, that director. There's not a lot of black representation representation. And after I graduated, I realized I kind of want to put a hold on watching anything that only has a white cast, mm. which is funny because look at me talking about succession. Only white people are on the <laughs> show. But I, I wanted to define that for me. <laughs> I've kind of grown into this nuanced idea of what I want to watch and what I don't. So I don't like white TV shows and white movies mm -hmm. and how I actually define a white show or movie. Yes, please. And I'm going to read. I'm going to read the tweet because <laughs> I had tweeted licorice pizza, licorice, 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 licorice is like Twizzlers. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's true. Ew. Licorice Pizza is the widest movie trailer I've seen in a while. And so if you don't know what Licorice Pizza is, it's the newest Paul Thomas Anderson movie. Mm. Uh, we kind of touched on it in the last yeah. episode. I was like, that is Maya Rudolph's husband and he never casts black people, especially yeah. black women. He don't like black women at yeah. all, anywhere near his stuff. And so watching that trailer, I don't know if you've seen it. Oh, I haven't. Bro, it is so white. Like is these, it? it's the plainest looking white people. There's no parent plot. I don't know what I'm supposed to be watching. It's it it to me. I I was I was very much like, see, this is the type of movie that we don't get for like black young 20 year olds mm -hmm. or black late teens. Like we don't get to see a lot of coming of age or romance comedies with like black teens or black young 20 year olds. Mm -hmm. And so when I tweeted that, I wanted to clarify white in regards to film or TV for me currently means what is the plot? What is happening here? Meaning mm -hmm. there's nothing really special about their performances or the way they look. They look pretty average. Yeah. There doesn't seem to be a plot here that I care about. Um, I'm literally looking at this trailer like, cool, what is the point of this? Like, what is this? These are the kind of movies in TV shows that get greenlit for white people that we never get to see Black people make. Everything Black right. people make has to have a story, has to have a plot, has mm -hmm. to have excellent actors or actors who are very good looking or that we just easily recognize because... Right. Black mediocrity can't be a thing, but white mediocrity can. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I gave examples uh, to me, Lady Bird, it's not a white movie. 
but licorice pizza is mm. <laughs> and sex in the city is not a white show but girls is period that's so true <laughs> i agree wow because lady bird and and sex in the city are great pieces of work with excellent performances when you watch the trailers or see episodes or whatever you very much see what's going on somebody might argue lady bird doesn't really have plot I, it does. It's a coming of age story about a girl. It's very much like a, a story about the relationship between a girl and her mom. Her mom and I think a lot yeah. of us, whether you're white, black, Puerto Rican or Haitian, would relate to this story <laughs> of how you love your mom, but you guys can't stop bickering when you're at that teenage. Mm-hmm. For those of us who are allowed to bicker with our moms. Right. I was anyway. listening. <laughs> Y'all stay easy, though. You said talk back to who? <laughs> I know. Um, whereas shows like Girls, I'm like, I've seen like an episode of Girls and I kind yeah. of like... What is what is this? Like this is just white Brooklyn with like a bunch of lackluster white people and am I supposed oh, to relate to this? What's happened? I like I don't, I don't like these people. I don't like this show. Consequently, we haven't really seen Lena Dunham lead any cast and anything else. Right. None of the others have really starred in anything other than Except the girl and get out. Exactly. But oh. Her performance could have been done by anybody. She right. wasn't a standout actress there. That's true. And I was, uh, the only thing that popped in mind, it wasn't Donald Glover in episode once where he was like a Republican. That's the only one I saw. Bro. <sighs> Isn't that all of that whole sentence was wrong? Like it was just, uh, it I, doesn't, when you know. I didn't like saying that sentence. So it was a very clear sign to us. You know, <laughs> when that show probably came out like six, seven what year is it? Maybe like five, six years ago. Yeah. So it was very, cl- I mean, we should have known that. He had like a whole last scene where he let Lena Dunham sit in his lap and straddle him and with her top off. I mean, he he was telling us right then. He was telling us, but we didn't want to see it. We didn't want to see it. To be fair, how many black people were watching that show? Like that? No one. And I only watched it because he was in it. Sad. I knew he was there. I just didn't. I saw the scene. I didn't want to believe what I saw. <laughs> but i so i want to ask you when did you realize that you the media you were consuming was mostly i mean did you what kind of shows did you watch what kind of movies and i I, because i want to bring up shows like movies that i was watching in my like formative coming of age like teen years were like 500 days of summer yeah garden state a bunch of you know like scorsese Mm -hmm. films when i was trying to be like cute film girl you know mm-hmm. and you love 500 days of summer i think we all did especially if you grew up on tumblr but eventually yeah. you realize <laughs> this is a wide-ass story yes bro like what why did i like this garden state is also a super white-ass crazy ass pale ass rainy day <laughs> unwashed legs ass story <laughs> but it used life. to be my favorite movie when i was 17 mm-hmm. i own so the movie yeah i owned it and i had to i got rid of it because I I cleansed my movie collection. So when Mm -hmm. do you feel like you noticed this and were like, I want to shift to prioritizing movies that at least include some people, some black people. Like I can't watch these white shit, this white stuff anymore. Yeah. After college, I would say for sure. Mm. When I became cognizant of it, because I think like during college, that was when I was watching all those movies because I like grew up on the Tumblr era TM and thought like, okay, 500 days of summer, um, Nick and Nora's Infinite Playlist. That oh was more like gosh, I saw school, that like, too. Yes, yes. Safety not guaranteed. Oh um, my gosh, I saw that too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's Girl, like- <laughs> see, I was struggling to think of movies I watched during that time, and I was like, I can't, I can't remember any. And now you're already just rattling them up. Yes, I'm trying to think like all the movies that I watched. Yeah 
that like I had posts because I had posters of them in college, like in my dorm. I had a big oh, ass the spectacular now. That's the spectacular now. Um, what is uh, I was watching all of them films, bro. If it was an indie movie with like yeah. white people, I was like, I was watching it. Yeah. exactly no, no, no. eating it up 50 50 with Joseph Gordon Levitt. Oh, yeah, I saw that too. That used yeah. to be one of my favorite movies. Me too. Golly, what it's else? all fun and games <laughs> until you realize it's all fun and games until you realize you don't see yourself in it. Like, yeah, there are no black women. Pe- Sometimes there's like a goofy black friend who's a black man, mm-hmm. but there's like never ever a black woman in the story ever. Never, never, ever. And so you realize I don't exist in these people's world. Like I don't have value. I don't contribute to the story. Main characters are not concerned about like I would never exist in this universe. And it becomes a complete turnoff. Right. Um, So I'm going to ask you something really dumb. Do you think it's important to prioritize (laughs) uh, consuming black media Um, as in like when you see a new black show comes out or a new mm-hmm. black movie, like does a part of you kind of go like, I want to support it. Like, I want to give it a chance. It's important for me to like watch stuff that shows people like me. Yeah, I mean, I think so. Mainly because I think when you first realize, like you come to consciousness, like I watched a lot of white shit. I don't want to do that anymore. And then you move into like, okay, I'm going to prioritize watching stuff with black people or people of color, but mainly black people. Then you get to a point where it's like, I don't even want to watch, like I want to watch stuff with black people. So it's like, I just want to see what it's like. Abbott Elementary. I haven't seen it. Oh, I saw episode one. Oh, is it good? Sometimes I worry that I'm like overly critical about like uh, really? I'm overly critical about anything. Let's be I wanted to see everybody really clear. Chris. I like him. Oh yeah, no, I love him. Okay. I love Cheryl Lee Ralph. Mm-hmm. Um, I think my only issue is I'm a, call me a hater if I'm being oh, a hater. No. If you think I'm being a hater, tell me. Okay. So Quinta or Qu- Quinta, whatever. Quinta. Quinta? I don't oh, know yeah. if it's Quinta or Quinta. I, I really know. never heard anybody say her name. Me either. I've just read it online. <laughs> I know. So I appreciate that she created the show, that hmm. she started off making like videos on like Vine or something. Yeah. Got into BuzzFeed, you know, worked at BuzzFeed creating videos there. Look at her now, like creating her own show. That is amazing. That's a huge mm-hmm. feat. I think she's only like 30. So like oh, she snap. getting to create her own show at like that young age is amazing, especially mm-hmm. like a network show. I think it's on yeah. ABC. Yeah, it's ABC. on ABC. Um, now, the way that I feel is that mm-hmm. the days of the mockumentary were back in 2010. That's, oh, okay. that's how I feel. Because, mm-hmm. you know, like, as soon as the show begins, they introduce that there's a camera crew that they're going to be breaking the fourth wall. Oh, yes, we have this camera crew at our school. Haha, ha, this is how we're going to get to, you know, have our asides and tell our points of view. To me, kind of felt like, I mean, is that, is that, I mean, maybe it's not, I don't remember. Did you ever watch Superstore? No, but I remember, I remember seeing stuff. It was on NBC, right? Yeah. Oh, that was yeah. an amazing show. I oh, actually really? watched all of it. Yeah. It was oh, so yeah. fucking funny. So I don't, I don't remember if they, I feel like it was like multi-cam, but I don't think they did it mockumentary style. Okay. I don't believe that they ever were like, there's a camera crew here and we're looking at the cameras. Mm, okay. Somebody might have to correct me if I'm wrong, but mm-hmm. to me, there's a way to make like, a very dry humored, but like real humored show with, you know, shaky handheld cam, you know, focusing on different people and their reactions and things like that, that like Superstore does. 
Um, but it just felt so much like the office and parks and rec. And I saw people in the hashtag being like, Oh, we have our own version of the office. Yay. We got a black office. We got a black parks and rec. And I'm like, I don't want to black anything. I want to just have it be separate and and different, but still funny. So to me, the mockumentary style was very clearly like, okay, this is just like the office. And the office Mm -hmm. was like 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. That's not very creative to me. It's kind of tired to me, mm-hmm. but it has potential. So I'm willing to sit through the first season and see where, see where they go with it. Oh, okay. I didn't even realize it was a mockumentary style. I don't know what I thought it was. Yeah, but... I didn't think it was going to be either. Let me, let me make sure. Let me just Google real quick to see if Superstore is a mockumentary. Somebody going, I don't want to sound dumb. Is <laughs> like some of our is actually 35 millimeter. I don't even know. A mockumentary. Because I'm not. No, so it wasn't. Oh, okay, cool. There you go. Yeah, it was just a workplace comedy. So you can make a workplace comedy. I just, I just felt like it very much showed influence from The Office, from like those yeah. Michael Schur, Greg, whatever his name is. Yeah. Goes and yeah. I was. I mean, they don't own the mockumentary. Of course, they don't. But it, it just was like we don't do mockumentaries anymore. This is just kind of a, a cop out. It's lazy because mm-hmm. now we don't have to like just figure out what's happening through body language we have we you can directly have them tell us face to face like it i don't know my next question Mm. what white shows are you willing to watch like when you see a white movie or white tv show premiering like what does it take for you to be like i want to watch that oh that's a good question i mean at this point i think one like i don't know is you a white show it's only white people in it until just now. Uh, yeah, white people. A bl- there was one black person in the left. Yeah, I think if it and has. See, this is what I mean by like, is it a white show? Because it's not. I could. I would see Penn Badgley in anything. So that's one. I know. There is definitely a plot. That's another thing. What's mm-hmm. happening here? Very clear. He's like yeah. murdering people. So to me, you is not a white show because mm-hmm. it's not a show where I'm like, white privilege got you this shit. This yeah. isn't even appealing to anybody like me. This is literally just catered to white people. That's true. Okay. Very fair. Thanks. So I that's a good that's a good answer because that's what I was gonna say. Basically, what you're saying is if it's intriguing, if it's right. good acting, maybe good looking people, if mm-hmm. there's there's a plot and a riveting story. Right. Um, because I want to get what I want to get to is just we both came from backgrounds where we were watching a lot of white stuff. Yeah. And then realized, okay, most of the stuff isn't even good. Like I, I don't I don't want to just be watching anything. Like I'm tired of watching universes where we don't exist. So then we start prioritizing black things. Sometimes we ran into things that weren't that great. I thought the Zola movie was bad. Oh, you know? yeah. And because you said that, I didn't watch it. So. Oh, I feel bad. But no, it's okay. I mean, you wouldn't cringe. You wouldn't, you wouldn't have liked it. Um, mm-hmm. Did you ever watch Sela and the Spades? No, but I thought that was good. You didn't watch it. What did you, you just said? No. I didn't watch it, but I... Okay, I heard it was good. That's what I meant to say. I heard. Again, for me, it, it, it I call me a hater. Maybe I just need more. To me... I don't even remember why I didn't like it. Oh, I think the, the girl ending, looks so cute. I think the ending was a cop out. No, okay. Lovey Simone is gorgeous. Yeah. Um, I didn't watch The Craft, that remake, but I just don't watch remakes. Mm. Um, so she's like getting more opportunities, definitely. But I think there was just something there missing. But all in all, compared to other like coming of age movies that I've watched from mm-hmm. all these white people, it's a pretty solid B. 
Okay. It was pretty okay. There was there was some stuff about it that I was like, okay, yeah, right. But you know, if you can suspend some beliefs, mm-hmm. um, so basically saying that we go from watching all white everything, you know, watching a bunch of white stuff, then being like, I only want to watch things with black people in it, and then you have to find like a, a happy medium of, I want to watch good shit, right, <laughs> right. So I do want to give black shows and movies a chance and mm-hmm. not just cut things off, even though I do it daily. I didn't watch Malcolm and Marie either. <laughs> oh, I watched it. It was so stressful. They were just, really? I was getting high blood pressure watching it because they were just yelling at each other the whole time. And it was in black and white, which I was like, this is kind of pretentious. Like, yeah, that is, we didn't need I, all that. I didn't like it because I don't like when Hollywood does that thing where they pair a 40 year old man with a 22 year old I know. And, and she was say, like a drug addict or something too. Yeah. I just, I didn't like yeah. the acting of it. I didn't. And you know, yeah. hey, good for them. Cause they like, she had the guy who wrote, who created Euphoria, oh, yeah. Euphoria write the script for them. And then they gave the, the whole like crew, like a cut of the profit. So everybody on the film, when they sold it to Netflix made like 300,000, um, which, which is, is great. Which is great. I'm glad they did that. And when I, but then you reminded me the fact that like the man who wrote it, who also wrote Euphoria, whatever, he's white. Some of the stuff he had John David Washington say, I was just like, mm, as a black man and blah blah blah. It's like, hmm, that's what's how you say that. So you just opened up another chapter where it is, you know, like all of these white. I mean, the film and TV industry are inundated completely with like white creators. Yeah, just white who then make their work and they cut black people out of it and they just make it a white world. Mm-hmm. And then we're like, you don't have no black people in it. Where are the black women? Why isn't a black person getting to be a main character at all? Mm-hmm. You know? And then when they do <laughs> write something so- for us or with us, they get our tone and our reactions in our language so wrong. Right. It's offensive. Because <laughs> it's like, so y'all think that what we do all day long is talk about our oppression and how we navigate through life as black people amongst each other. That's what you talk about with your boyfriend or your girlfriend, like, well, as a black man. Like, who talks uh, like that? I also just don't want a white person to try to I know about a black person's oppression or how they would feel. It's a white person writing as a black person for white people. Or writing for a black person for white people. Yeah, I mean, because then it when you're when you don't know what black people want and you don't know how they would talk, if you are writing a black character, you're white, you're writing them for white people because mm-hmm. we can see right through all of that. We right. listen to them talk and we're like, we don't talk like that. Like, why would he say that? That doesn't make any sense. So it's tricky. It's very tricky. I like to think that if you're just writing a, a standard character, you don't need to worry about the race of the character. Mm-hmm. But then we find in times maybe it's because they try to color the character to that race yeah and we're like oh no this looks bad because if you just wrote them to like do their job in this movie or whatever to just be in love and race wasn't like a factor then we wouldn't have to worry about would a black man say this or that like it's right. the fact that you are like i'm writing a black man so he got to talk about oppression and he's going to mm-hmm. say it this way it's it's difficult it's very difficult they say like um chris tucker the silver linings playbook <laughs> he like had to like fix a lot of black actors actually t- say this that they usually have to fix their lines ah. Chris Tucker in he was in a silver is lining playbook you didn't see the movie I did but I don't remember him being in there with um, oh, yeah, Jennifer Lawrence he was the best part 
Oh my gosh, it's been yes. so long since I've seen that. Yeah, movie. that movie came out a while ago. Um, it's Bradley Cooper and Jennifer Willie Hudson Lawrence. Lawrence. Yeah. Lawrence. <laughs> and Chris Tucker plays uh Bradley Cooper's best friend from the mental hospital, who he like <laughs> yeah, so he's really funny. He had to like rewrite some of his lines because he was mm. like, I wouldn't say it like that, I wouldn't talk like that. Mm-hmm. Um, Gabrielle Union said in her memoir, her mm-hmm. first memoir, that when she did bring it on. She had to rework rework all of her dialogue. Oh wow! She was like, "Black people do not talk like this. Mm-hmm. I would never say this." So a lot of what her character brought to the table is pretty much just what she worked on with the director. Wow! Unfortunate, yeah. That when black actors work with white directors, they typically have to be like, mm, "Let's mm-hmm. talk." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, can you imagine being on set and being like? You want me to say, oh my gosh, have you seen like uh, not another teen movie? No, I haven't seen that. I haven't seen They kind of made fun of this trope where like the black guy's like, what do y'all care what I have to say? All I'm here to do is say, damn, that shit is whack. <laughs> like that. Like they literally make fun of the fact that you just have me saying stereotypical shit. Like, right. Even- and I think a lot of the funny thing is whenever they do try to just randomly throw like a black person in the friend group, a lot of black people kind of feel like, we wouldn't be friends with these white people. That's I know. Okay. Right. <laughs> Those like, white people would not be friends with us either. Like, stop throwing us in there. That's true. Question. Do you think that if Clueless was in real life, that friend group would be real? Cher and Stacey Dash and Donald Faison? I forgot. Oh, that is a difficult question. I've never yeah. thought about that because that movie is so charming. I it's love a, the movie. It's beautiful because it is a diverse movie. Yeah. But there is no question about it. Like you don't watch it and think these bitches would not be friends. Right. Exactly. Think, I never questioned it. You never think that you never think, oh, Dion, wh- black women don't talk like this. Like it's very much like we are both rich from wealthy families. Mm-hmm. So it could, I mean, in my it head, could. yeah, in my head, when we're thinking of the fact that like Ellie and Jordan Woods, I keep <laughs> Exactly. I was yeah. going to say Ice Cube's kids, but oh yeah, there are rich black celebrities or black people who just make a lot of money mm-hmm. who live in L.A. or New York or wherever who send their kids to expensive private schools or expensive schools where the you know the whole school district, the neighborhoods surrounding are very expensive. Mm-hmm. So when they go to school, most of their friends are white, and they got to like figure out how to be friends with these people. That's and true. so, yes, Dion and Cher could very easily be a real thing. And why wouldn't Murray be there too? Because you know, when Murray, you're in LA, that's Yes. When you're in L.A. and your parents are rich and you live in these white neighborhoods, you would probably go to a school full of white people and make friends with white people. That's true. So, yes, that could very well happen. See, no other movie has done interracial friendships so well. I know. Because I believe that. But most movies don't really try to do interracial friendships. Right. Can you even think of one right now? I can't think of a single movie. There was that Tiffany Haddish movie with her and that British lady from Bridesmaids. Oh, um, Rose. Yeah, yeah. What was that movie? Rose. Yeah, she was wrote like yeah. They're basically like girl bosses. We have our own uh hair salon or something, clothing store, something like that, makeup store, something, Mm -hmm. and they're about to get bought out by Salma Hayek. I didn't even make it far into the. I tried watching it on like some sort of streaming app and I was like, I don't believe these bitches are friends. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they just, yeah. I'm like, Tiffany Haddish. Right. Believe it. She talks and acts because she is her in every movie. She's yeah. always her. Mm-hmm. You're telling me Tiffany Haddish would be best friends 
with this like mild mannered white lady. Right. And the story was like, oh, we went to like junior high together. We've been friends throughout. I'm like, no, no y'all, y'all, y'all would not be. <laughs> Sorry. Maybe there's a chance y'all could. I've had white friends in junior high. Sure. But those are not lifelong friendships. They never are. They just right. are not. I don't, I don't see it. I, I don't usually see it. So then especially the way Tiffany was the only black woman I see who can manage to be like friends with white women for very long, mm. like years and like years, like a long time are like more like mild mannered black women who like just kind of go with the flow and like laugh a lot and ah, ha, 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 oh my gosh, Amber. Yeah. Don't oh, speak up about things or just don't, or yes. maybe not even know like um, what's those two, those twins from um, Kim yeah, Kardashian. Tamara. Oh, not the Instagram. Maybe Tamara. I don't know. <laughs> you know, I watched Seventeen again. This is a tangent. Love that movie. I watched it last oh night. My God. See, Disney. Used it's to on hold YouTube. It down. Oh my they, God. They had Seventeen again. Yes. What was that one with all the superheroes? Like the superhero oh, family. Oh, I'll open away. Yes, that one. Yeah. Um, oh, the poop point. The poof point. Is that? Oh, am I thinking of that? I was like, there was another Taj Mahal movie, wasn't there? Maybe there. Yeah, where, where the adults turned into kids or something, and they put them in that machine. And they poof. Is that the poof point? Yeah. Then maybe that's what I was thinking. <laughs> I, I'm going to look at that up on Disney Plus tonight. <laughs> sleep. What were we talking about? Oh, yes. Malika oh, yeah. and Khadija. Yes. They were on Sky High. <laughs> they were. Yeah, that's you. They were in Sky High. Yeah, they, yeah. Used, they were trying to act. Yeah, you really, to be good friends with a white woman, like you have to have the same economic status as her. Yeah. So that like, that at least is even. Um, and then, yeah, you just literally have to be able to go along with whatever she says and not care about racial issues that much. Mm-hmm. Because even if your white woman friend is like, oh my gosh, so-and-so got shot by the cops, that's not right. Even <laughs> if she is like that, she will always say something will come up. Mm. Something will come up. It never fails. Either in your own life experience that you might feel the need to share, maybe something when y'all are both together, Mm-hmm. something if you care about race enough will come up to where you're like wow and you say it and she'll be like eh. and you'll be like that mm-hmm. that slow head turn of like it's like whoa uh, there you don't go you, that doesn't bother you and they're like no <laughs> or maybe they're like just something as simple as them being like oh my gosh Iggy Azalea has a new song out and you'll be like <laughs> the bitch who speaks with a fake black accent like I was like, I didn't know it was fake. I'm tell they know it's fake. They don't care. I'm telling you, <laughs> you just you have to be easygoing and not give a fuck about much. Right. And have to be on the same socioeconomic status because eventually. <laughs> Anyways, we- how did we get to this? Where did that- I know? I don't know, but mm. I think we're talking about like the validity of Dion and Cher being friends. Oh yeah, that's true. <laughs> right. If that's we're like all a- around, but we can wrap this up because uh, basically, I just again wanted to talk about all of this too. Just because I love movies, I love TV, and yeah. it's, it's just very interesting when we watch, when we think about how the climate has changed, where we are getting to see so many more black things getting made, mm-hmm. getting higher budgets to where they're going straight to like they're actually getting big. Um, what do you call it? Marketing and campaigns on Netflix, right? Or you know, they're going to movie the theater and you know things like that. I, I hope that coming of age things come up more. I we get agree. more insecures. We get more Sayla and the Spades. Yeah, Miss Juneteenth, um, things like that. See, I tried to watch that one too, and I couldn't finish. See, I 
but that one was to be fair, I ain't watching either. But this girl, you just keep mentioning things you have. I know. One. I was gonna say um that Mr. one on Beach was Street a struggle ass movie. I couldn't because they're poor in that movie. Oh really? She has so she like was Miss Juneteenth. I don't remember the actress's name. She's gorgeous. Oh, Bah- uh, Nicole Bahari. Yes. 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 She is gorgeous. She was Miss yes. Juneteenth when she was a teen, but then like got pregnant. And so she's just been a waiter for in the t- same hometown for like the past 17 years. And she keeps sleeping on and off again with her baby daddy who doesn't pay child support mm-hmm. and her daughter. She's forcing her daughter to do Miss Juneteenth. And it's just so it's like one of those movies where I'm like, I can feel the humidity in this movie. It just oh, looks hot. God. <laughs> It looks like they don't have no AC and they ain't got no money. And I'm like, I can't with these struggle movies. See, now we didn't end it on a bad note. I know. I didn't mean, and I was even going to say too, it's like, well, I, no, I like the fact that you said earlier more coming of age stuff. Cause I want to see that. And not what we had been seeing in the past, honestly, like five or six years where it's like queen and slim, 12 years a slave, um, Harriet will never be free or whatever things that have you come out. Though? Let's just give a kudos to the fact that I think those movies have slowed to a stop. I think so too. I haven't seen any more cop police killing yeah. people movies. I haven't seen any more to freedom. Movies. <laughs> None of that. They're letting Martin Luther King rest. I think mm-hmm. Martin Luther King Jr. can sleep peacefully now. Like mm-hmm. I think I think we're done with that chapter and we're on to it. Another one. Okay, so yes. your mental health tip slash deep think, whatever you want to talk about, Lego. Yes. So mine is mainly me at myself. So I'm going to give a tip to myself and hopefully it'll be relevant to other people. But just like letting, just taking a break is just so important. And it's just so easy and like, you know, common sense to think that. But sometimes you really can get caught up in stuff and overwhelmed with things going on and just like forget to take a break. And I struggled with that clearly all the time. And I struggled with it a lot during grad school. And then I got on like residency and I'm like, okay, well I work. And then I come back and I do myself, my little self-care and I'm good. And I'm just like, Oh no, I, I need to really take a break and not think that like I have to stop. So that's like my main takeaway, like take a break. Like the stuff will be there the next day. Like, mm-hmm. don't feel like you have to burn the candle at both ends. Like I haven't been sleeping disclosure um, and ha- it's gotten me in trouble. So it's like, yeah, take a fucking break because you can't be your best if you're you know, acting in your worst in that sense. So I haven't been sleeping featuring disclosure, the DJ do. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I thought. That's the reason why I'm sleeping. <laughs> I can't speak words. I was meant to say full disclosure, but I was just like, yeah, no, no, no. I get it halfway there. <laughs> I just was like, disclosure is a group. <laughs> that, that hit my mind. That's great. Um, my deep thing, I think my deep things, what I'm going to do is just talk about tweets that I have <laughs> that mm-hmm. I've discussed and explore them a little bit. So in this past, this past weekend, uh, I don't know. I think you should know her name. A lot of people do. There's this singer called Olivia Rodrigo. Yeah. That apparently is busting up the charts. She's winning like best new artist. Everybody is telling me like, you got to listen to her music. It's so good. Driver's license is so good. I love Trader. You have to listen. It's so Good. And so I go, okay, fine. Let me listen. Mm-hmm. I listened to driver's license like a year ago or something, whenever it was like hot on the charts. And I was like, oh, she, she's 16 years old. Yeah. <laughs> she literally singing about, I got my driver's license and I'm 
parked outside your house and you said for when she says you said forever and now I drive alone past your street I was like oh okay this is like children shit I know I was about to say that's why I'm not so hyped about her because she's like 17 I was very like confused like this is I'm almost 30. I'm so sorry. I don't get it. And so I, I was like, cool, whatever. That's for the the chillin', the kid, mm-hmm. the, the, the youth dem. The keen. <laughs> and so that now she like has this song Trader and people were like, oh, I saw her perform it at the AMAs. It was so good. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is a great song. So I go, okay, let me look at this performance. I'm very into lyrics. So if you sing a song, I'm always going to be trying to listen for what you're saying. I can't mm-hmm. help it. This girl is singing a song saying, you didn't cheat on me, but you talked to this other girl and I was uncomfortable with it. And now we're broken up and apparently you're dating her. So you didn't cheat, but you betrayed me and you'll never say you're sorry. And I'm like, this is, the song sounds so dramatic for the subject matter. I'm like, you are upset because you were insecure that he was like, befriending a girl while y'all were together mm-hmm. he breaks up with you and then ends up dating her and now you're saying you're a traitor and you betrayed me i was like oh girl so this is my deep think okay. um to all the people who are I, if you're 17 no this is great for you not this mm-hmm. deep think but livia is great for you because super dramatic a lot of people compare her to like you know taylor swift at that age singing mm-hmm. songs about you know taylor was more on the end of singing about being in love with your best friend or the boy who doesn't notice you and shit like that that is very high school mm-hmm. this is also very high school so if you're in high school you're 17 or you know what i call it tiktok generation yeah go ahead but i want to let you know it gets worse <laughs> this, shit, this shit is not the worst thing. So if you're already crying over a guy breaking up with you and dating somebody else, child, child, that is like day one. That That's is nothing. Like- that ha- that is what dating is. You date one oh person and then people realize they don't really like the person that they're dating and they break up and the person, but on you know, you find And it's else. even worse now because there's dating apps. Right. So I, I'm very strongly, I very strongly believe that when you date, you should give it couple to a few months before you really commit like let's get to know each other let's really see if this is a fit I don't really know you like in the first month I know your representative I know Mm -hmm. that you try to seem generous or funny or in a good mood all the time I've never seen you like be upset I don't really know what your money money handling skills are like or like Mm -hmm. you know I don't really know who you really are. I can't get a feel for that. So I don't think it makes sense to commit to someone or agree to commit after like a few weeks or a month, no matter how much fun you're having. Um, So in that few months that you're dating, people are typically not exclusive. So yeah, it's very likely that the person you're dating could also still be going out on dates through Tinder or Bumble or whatever. Mm -hmm. And that, yeah, he he could pick somebody else. And Mm -hmm. that's that. So I mean, her her lyrics indicate that that shit has never happened before that she was shocked that a guy that she that she was being lovey-dovey with would break up with her and then mm-hmm. date a girl after her i was like girl that means he's a good guy because he, right. he broke, <laughs> he up, broke up you're saying he did not cheat mm-hmm. he just was already kind of building a friendship with her that you are uncomfortable with the fact that he broke up with you before pursuing right. her officially means that he had the decency to be like, I don't want to do this anymore. I think I'm interested in somebody else. Let me at least tell you, hey, we got to call it. Like, 
I'm not into this as much as I thought I was right before he went out with some I, I'm just kind of flabbergasted that her songs are so dramatic about but again it's a, a te- it's a teenager talking about the first time this has ever mm-hmm. happened and the song's called traitor it's called traitor bro that is too funny oh my god I was like <laughs> what I heard the lyrics Babies. and I was like oh you're saying he just it, the lyric is literally like you talked to her <laughs> and you you said you didn't or something or you 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 betrayed me and you'll never say that you're sorry. Oh, it's so dramatic. Cause I'm likely just talking about somebody you're dating kind of like talking. I was just like, girl, this is young. So again, my deep thing is just dating is hard. It's a headache. It's tiresome. It is a ring around the rosies or musical chairs. It's it's literally like, you're going to run into that a lot where the person you're dating, whether they commit to you or not, is gonna be on Instagram, is gonna kind of see other people and at any point can decide, yeah, I like what's out there better. And that is just what you have to, <laughs> that's what you sign up for when you play the game. And so you really just gotta learn how to build a thicker skin. Yeah, because it has nothing to do with you. You know, if they saw someone that fits them better, you know, that's that's all on them. It has nothing to do with your worth that's as a person. That's so tricky, isn't it? Because yeah. I mean- we all think like if we were the perfect person, then they would never leave. But I, I mean, as I always like to go to like Beyonce got cheated on. Like, right. Like, it does not matter what you look like. It doesn't matter what you have in common with someone like at any point they can be like what I mean, you don't even know what their own past traumas are when it relates right. to like what healthy relationships they did or did not get to see growing up what were their Mm -hmm. parents relationships like do they have abandonment issues like are they really emotionally unavailable but they've just been putting on a front for you you really don't know so whatever a guy or a girl does not quote unquote pick you or you know if it's not a fit for them it's like Cynthia said it does not mean there's something wrong with you it, you really just got to learn how to like chalk that shit up to the game I'm not giving great advice but you got no, yeah, to like literally be like their decision has nothing to do with me uh-huh. their their decision to not be with me means that they're not a fit for me because on my list a person that I'm looking for is into me so if right. they're not into me, that means that they're not what I'm looking for either. So right. cool. you didn't like me enough. I need to find someone who is into me. And mm-hmm. that's what we'll leave you with. And that's it. I hate to try to sound like Oprah on this show. I'm like, <laughs> I literally don't know shit. I'm just trying to tell you what I've learned. <laughs> Which is knowledge. That's what it is. It's it's knowledge. I mean, I, girl, let's end. <laughs> so thank you all for joining us for episode 13. <laughs> lucky number 13 we're gonna try to at least put out two up two to three episodes a month so as they come you'll see them make sure you're subscribed yes to us on apple as well as spotify and we'll see you next time bye bye bye